Welcome back to Second Helping, the podcast of choice. For fans and followers of the number one league in all of collegiate athletics, the Southeastern Conference, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network with you alongside my great friend and co-host, Brent Beard, still up in Atlanta, Georgia, Daddy, as we put a wrap on the SEC Media Days 2022. Brent? Well, the um, uh, it was a good week overall, uh, having a chance to uh, visit with daughters. Uh, Trevor, I didn't want to get disowned before I got back to Jacksonville, and, and uh, uh, we've had a had a great time. But uh, we're getting a lot of uh, post media days list coming out and so forth. So always. Always glad to be uh, back home with you and, and traveling. Let me put everything in perspective. Next Wednesday, next Wednesday, and they play week zero. Florida State starts starts fall camp. Uh, wow. does, that t- does that tell you how 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 close we are, bud? Well, and from the SEC perspective, Vanderbilt's got to be close, right? They're in that week zero window. Traveling out they to are. Hawaii to take on our Rainbow Warriors. That's right. And the Timmy Chang debut mm-hmm. as head coach out there at Hawaii. So it is here for all intents and purposes. And what we're going to do on the show today, we'll move you through the league. Brent, I want to get one takeaway from SEC Media Days from every program, from every team sure. that was represented there in Atlanta, Georgia, and I guess we could go alphabetically. I may get this messed up because I'm not the smartest cat, you know, in the in the in the room in the pod <laughs> when it comes to those type of things. But let's start with Alabama. Nick Saban pretty much helped kick off things midway through the week there at the College Football Hall of Fame. And what was the primary takeaway for you from Nick Saban and the Alabama contingent? I, I think the um, uh, I, look. I was extremely impressed with Will Anderson. Trav, I've been covering this thing since the early '90s, and I don't remember a player who could process information faster than he could. Um, I mean, he would. And it, look, I know they're schooled well uh, in a lot of ways, but uh, just really impressed with what he did. Uh, and, and fortunately. Um, I know they're trying to make it a deal, but the Jimbo uh, Saban situation pretty well. I think the commissioner put a, a squash on that. To me, the big thing for Alabama, and you can certainly elaborate on this, but uh, I, I think what raised eyebrows was the the injuries to Kool Aid McKinstry and Kyrie yeah. Jackson, uh, that, and very very few people really knew all that was going on there. Uh, we know they can when they want to, they can certainly keep things kind of shut down. But uh, I, I think to me, if you come out of there with a concern, along with all the good things, uh, I think that's the biggest concern Bama has. It is, and it makes the acquisition of Eli Ricks even more important. And on Friday, as the media picks for the order of standings in the East and the West and the all-SEC teams came to light, you saw Eli Ricks with the first-team defense, and absolutely, his presence may take on an even greater importance depending on the status of McKinstry and or Jackson when fall camp gets underway in Tuscaloosa in a couple of weeks. And you're right, the situation involving Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, we heard from both coaches, uh, you would think that nothing ever happened you know, yeah, by the end of the week. Absolutely. You know, Jimbo's comments that we'll get to <laughs> a little bit later in the podcast as well. And you're absolutely correct about Will Anderson. It's not just what this guy brings to the mix on the field. Now, he had 34 and a half tackles for a loss last season. So there's plenty of that. But intangibly, just an impressive, impressive young person. You're not a permanent team captain at Alabama as a true sophomore unless you have a lot of it. Oh, yeah. That it factor. And Will Anderson displayed that for the mass of media that was on hand in Atlanta over the last three or four days. What about the Arkansas Razorbacks under Sam Pittman? Give us a thought, a takeaway from the Razorbacks trip to Georgia. Uh, they were very comfortable in their own skin. They know who they are. 
they are in fact what one things that came out that, that a lot of us missed they led power five schools in rushing last year so uh, this this persona is real that uh, we are here we are tough we've got a brutal schedule but yet we continue to improve and Sam Pittman may have grown as much as a coach in front of the media, uh, just about as anybody that I've seen. KJ Jefferson, Bumper Poole, Jalen Catlon were were all uh, impressive. Uh, but Trav, the thing that that I really did get out of them uh, is uh, we are here to stay. Uh, we know that we have things we need to work on. Uh, but we are confident that that we can get it done. So uh, I, know, uh, you, uh, I think that's a thing that just sticks out to me. And I'm just telling you, I, and I saw this little note that Chad Morris now is a senior offensive analyst at South Florida, which if you tie these two together, Trev, I heard things out of Pittman that, that I haven't heard from an Arkansas coach probably, I don't know, since I, but maybe Frank Broyles or something like that. So uh, it's, it's a program going in the right direction that seems to improve every year. It seems like, I don't think it seems like at this point, Pittman knocked it out of the park with his coordinator hires too, yes. from yes. the start. Kendall Bryles on the offensive side, Barry Odom defensively. And the X's and O's and all that's great, but I go back to what you talked about, identity, culture, those things have very much swung in the favor of Arkansas returning to respectability under Sam Pittman. And yeah, this is a team under an old offensive line coach at heart. You know, they're going to want to establish things up front with an emphasis on running the football. KJ Jefferson still going to be a big part of that. I got to think at the quarterback position, um, they have a, a solid core of backs. So that's who they are at this point. And going to be fascinating we talked about it before to see how they navigate a really challenging schedule uh, not just with the sec west but also from a perspective of non-conference matchups with the likes of cincinnati byu it's sort of an odd time of the season to make a trip to provo a lot on the plate for the arkansas razorbacks but you feel a lot better about it with sam Pittman there in fayetteville what about the auburn tigers with brian harson Auburn Tigers, by the way, as we learned on Friday, picked dead last yes. in the SEC West yes. by the assembled media in Atlanta. Well, uh, I think uh, it's a few notes on them real quick, and then an overall view uh, would be, um, I, I think, number one, he, he, I mean, he faced the coup. Uh, he manned up at media days and got a lot of respect for that. He said, look, Mm -hmm. he didn't elaborate on it that long, but what he said, that it didn't work. Uh, And he's the Auburn coach. uh, And that's the bottom line. Uh, And I think he got a lot of respect out of that. I I don't think we knew, Trav, how hurt Zach Calzada has been. Uh, And that's one thing that really kind of came out. He had his shoulder fixed and he'll be fine for fall. Hilliard, uh, helping them on that coaching staff, uh, I think, was something that really uh, came up. I tell you one thing: you told me about Tank Bigsby to to watch for him. That's a man in it, Trev. Oh, he uh, is. And Hunter ain't bad either. No, to go along with him. No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, if they're in the uh, um, uh, if they're in the backfield together, that that could be interesting. Former Auburn great Takeo Spikes is replacing Gene Chizik on the network. Uh, for the SEC that folks may know that. But, but look, my my big thing uh, c- coming out with Auburn is, and look, and Trav, he may not be there this time next year, but I give Brian Harson credit. Uh, no one is running him off. No, I, I, th- I was impressed with Harson. Uh, you know, it seemed almost defiant, I got to yes. think, to some yes. of the Auburn fan base that was looking for a move to take place and that almost middle fingerish to that faction. Uh, not only of fans, but perhaps some of the media that covers Auburn that was uh, yes. pushing for that as well. So, you know, ultimately, you know, we talked about the Penn State game there in, in mid-September and the importance of that one uh, on the Plains for Harson in terms of the shelf life potential of his tenure. 
as head coach of the Tigers, and then you get into early October, they've got a really defining stretch to kick off that month. Um, It's all still out in front of us. But on the surface, anyway, Brian Harson doesn't sound like a guy that's running from the situation or laying down and simply saying, write me my check, and I'll be headed back out to the West. But quarterback's certainly going to be a big part of things with T.J. Finley and Zach Calzada coming in from Texas A&M. Keeping it moving at SEC Media Days, the Florida Gators headed into year one under Billy Napier. Boy, not that I didn't think Anthony Richardson is the guy for the Gators at quarterback, especially with Emory Jones moving on and how that sort of played out a year ago. Uh, but it it definitely has the feel uh, of being Anthony Richardson's team. Uh, no doubt. Um, he, he had one of the better lines, Trav. They asked him where he got his suit, and he said Amazon. <laughs> so he, wa- he was um, – uh, I, I was pretty impressed with him. Frankly, he did a, he did a good job uh, overall. Um, it, Richardson did, and I don't think there's any doubt that – uh, the way he talked to the media, that it very much is his team. So the um, and I was impressed with Napier. I, I, mm. I, I don't I don't use this often, but there was some humility in Napier that I haven't seen from a Gator coach and and Trev. I don't know when. Uh, certainly not from his predecessor. I can tell you that. But the reality, I, I mean, he did. Uh, he said and did all the right things. Uh, he talked about how their recruiting was improving, in his opinion. Uh, talked about all the guys uh, who have helped shape his life, uh, including his father. Uh, and he feels that, uh, given time, uh, that they will be much better. And and I, and I would agree with that. It's not going to happen immediately. And people, again, need to understand that, particularly with these first two games uh, with uh, Utah and Kentucky uh, he is hoping quarterback Jaden Hill, um, who, by, who, by the way, is from North Alabama, uh, is going to be ready to go. Uh, he, he thinks it will. Uh, they're finishing their offseason program, says the team has embraced them. And, and that, that's kind of what I got from the Florida players, that they seem to be a little bit better on the uh, together uh, with some chemistry that, than I've heard in a while. So, but, I mean, altogether, I, I think there's a realistic approach for them, Travis. Uh, this is an 8-4, and four, uh, probably football team. If they get to a, good, a better start, uh, that, that will help them tremendously. But I think they understand where they are, and I think that – I'll say this. Their future, I think, is a lot brighter than their presence going to be. Yeah, I think if you're Billy Napier and you see sort of these – preseason predictions for the East, you like where your team's at right there in the middle of the pack in the fourth spot behind Georgia, Kentucky and Tennessee. So uh, that should help in terms of keeping expectations to a reasonable level. We are talking about the Florida fan base here though. So um, (laughs) we'll see how that goes, but uh, absolutely. You you just look at week two um, and and you you can't look past Utah. That's not to say this in any form or fashion in, in the opener, but uh, that SEC opener with uh, Kentucky going to be an absolute bloodletting physical football uh, oh, in the East. When you really look at it, Georgia, Kentucky, Florida with Napier now, South Carolina, um, you know, some line of scrimmage teams, Tennessee spreads you out, but they want to run the football too. Right. Right. With Jabari small. So Interesting stuff from Billy Napier in Atlanta over the last few days. It wasn't a Friday appearance for Kirby Smart and Georgia, <laughs> but it still felt like a payday, didn't it? How oh, about my. Kirby with the big numbers, uh, uh, he, with the big extension? Yes. He was as relaxed uh, as I've ever seen him, I, I, and I give him credit for that. Of course, if you get the uh, I haven't ever won the big one off your back, that that's kind of what happens. Certainly rewarded for it, uh, 10 years and 100 million. Um, so certainly give him credit for that. Said that they are not the uh, hunted, but they're, they stood, they are still the hunter. Um, gave a lot of credit to Will Muschamp. Now look, we know Will Muschamp's limitations on we travel on offense, but on defense, he knows what he's doing. So, uh, I think that's going to be interesting where that goes. They really like Eric Gilbert. And tied in, and that tight end room is going to be really good. Said that 
95 of their players have NIL deals. Uh, thought that was interesting. Really showed a lot of support for Scott Cochran uh, and Scott posting on Twitter that he is one year sober. So yeah, it's a great it, story. It really is that there's no doubt about that. Talk more about the quarterback room. Carson Beck of Jacksonville uh, brought Vandegrift. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of what caught my mind. But a Trev, a very I think relieved, confident Kirby Smart before the media this week. Absolutely should be. And you talk about those tight ends. Hell, if I was George, I'd go 13 personnel every really? play. I'd go really? one back, <laughs> and I'd go three tight ends. Brock Absolutely. Bowers, Eric Gilbert, Darnell Washington. I it, mean, why yes. not at this point You know, Absolutely. with those tight ends that they have in Athens? And Stetson Bennett, by the way, the returning national championship quarterback, not on any of the three teams <laughs> uh, for the offense, all SEC that were announced on Friday. What about Kentucky? Mark Stoops, we've mentioned it many times here on Second Helping. Uh, model of consistency in a lot of ways and what he's been able to do up in Lexington. And then we do see on Friday, Wildcats pick to finish second. So what they're telling us mm-hmm. is that matchup with Georgia in November very well might produce your SEC East yeah. representative for the 2022 SEC championship game, Brett. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's conditional now. And again, we don't know what is happening here, but there is some trepidation about what is going on with Chris Rodriguez. Travis and I both love Chris Rodriguez. He's one of the better yeah. running backs in the league. I mean, Travis, he can go for what, 1,000, 1,500 yards uh, if he's healthy in a year now, uh, and asking a lot of media, this is just one of those things to where, and, and this may be just a personal thing that Kentucky is dealing with uh, at, at this point, but uh, there's enough out there right now that, to at least have some caution about where they're going, and, and uh, certainly want your opinion on that in a minute, but just to hit a, a few other things, they've changed a little bit in their staff, uh, but he's very confident um, Stoops is as far as where they're going. They obviously love Will Levis. He was impressive also um, during that time. Uh, one of the more amusing things that, that I'd heard Mark Stoops talking about uh, his mother uh, having uh, uh, two sons that one's already the, um, the all-time career <laughs> leader in wins at Oklahoma and that's about to happen at Kentucky. People may have forgotten, but Mark Stoops is, what, Trav, two or three games away from breaking Coach Paul Bear Bryant's record at Kentucky. So Yeah, not a bad one to have on the mantle, huh? No. A couple of no, them. No, absolutely not. But You talk about the coaches involved at OU and Kentucky mm-hmm. with Bryant. But I love Stoops. I, he's done a tremendous job as far as and how long he's been there. But, you know, I say all that, travel with some caution uh, about uh, we just don't know what's going on with Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, I might put even more importance on Cavassier smoke Yes, at that position, that two-headed approach that Kentucky has used, no doubt. Rodriguez, a lot of the thunder in that duo, whereas smoke, mm-hmm. maybe more of the lightning, but... Um, there's a lot to consider there with the Rodriguez situation, the off the field issue uh, that he has had earlier in this off season, still apparently yet to be totally determined in terms of his availability. So as we move through uh, the participants at 2022 SEC media days, what about Brian Kelly getting things started up there in Atlanta, your impressions, your takeaway of LSU's contingent, here on the heels of SEC Media Days. Uh, look, he was impressive. This is certainly not his first rodeo. I mean, if you beat Newt Rockney's record at Notre Dame, you can handle yourself uh, at a Media Days. So a lot of questions, as you can imagine, about the quarterback situation with Jaden Daniels and Miles Brennan uh, among, <laughs> among the many. Uh, and people may have forgot, before Miles Brennan was hurt, he was on the pace to have an incredible uh, stance. So we'll see how quickly that's able to come back. Um, LSU and Arkansas, 
traded a couple players each, so they all got a little bit of a a, a smile out of that. Now again, uh, they I think they'll win the game, and may win the game fairly easily. But they talked a good bit about the FSU game in New Orleans on Sunday night of Labor Day. I mean, that's an intriguing game, certainly for us, as we also follow Florida State here in this situation. But, look, you and I have talked about uh, this over the last few months. Uh, Trev, LSU still has dudes, uh, as I said, all week long. Uh, People can uh, look at LSU at being at the bottom of the league, but I still say that there's too much talent in Baton Rouge to overlook them. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think Brian Kelly is in an absolute great spot there, pick fifth in the West in the preseason. <laughs> Mercy. Because I agree. I, I We've talked about it. I, I think that roster he's inheriting and helped to add to via the transfer portal in large part, um, they're better than that. I think they on are. paper really now, are. you know, schedule plays a part of it. And, you know, we talk about defining early games. Well, the game against Florida state, New Orleans, uh, is one that even though it's his first game at the helm, the expectation is going to be for LSU to win that game. Absolutely. And so, uh, we'll see how it goes from there. And some of this again, schedule, where do you get teams on the schedule and where are those games going to be played? Um, I think LSU goes to Ole Miss this year, so you got to take that into consideration when you're looking at that pack of teams. Um, you know, there in that next level, Texas A&M sort of in that same boat. You get Alabama at home the first Saturday in November, so some things to keep an eye on from a schedule perspective in all of this as well. What about Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin? Brent, did he entertain to his typical standard? And in terms of being informative, because it is a team that, as we talked about, uh, still some things to figure out in fall camp, starting with the quarterback position. But uh, like LSU, a team that very active in the transfer portal and looks to have done some very nice things in that regard. One of the things that was brought out that that was interesting, too, is that they set a record last year for fourth down attempts. The old record at 46, they had 49. Travis seemed like they had, what, 20 against Alabama uh, mm-hmm. in, that, in that game. But uh, Kiffin said he didn't know, he didn't, wasn't aware of the record. He, he talked a lot about Michael Trigg, uh, one of the transfers that you talked about at tight end who's coming over from Southern Cal. He also spent a lot of time about Charlie Weiss Jr. replacing Jeff Levy. That's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, Levy going on to Oklahoma, uh, but but he is more subdued now uh, at, uh, at during the time at Media Days than he normally was, particularly in the beginning. Uh, now he is. I tell you one thing: he's very outspoken about Trump. He's very outspoken about NIL. Yeah. Uh, and, and his comment, I, I'm going to quote him here: "It's like a payroll in baseball." Which teams win over a long period of times? Teams that have the high payrolls can pay players a lot. We're in a situation not different than that. So he he's very transparent with NIL. Yeah, you've got the equivalent of the Yankees, um, you know, potentially in Alabama. Although Alabama hasn't been over the top, no. Uh, in terms of uh, its NIL approach, Nick Saban very wisely uh, revealed that. You know, Alabama players did benefit to the tune of $3 million plus dollars yeah. in NIL yeah. last year. Absolutely. Always be recruiting, Nick. And that's kind of <laughs> what that was. Um, but there's no question. And for Ole Miss, you know, again, uh, on the field, uh, just some, some different pieces that you're going to expect big things from that are new to that program. And maybe it will, maybe it won't be Jackson Dart at quarterback. Luke Altmyer is going to have a lot to say about that. But Zach Evans at running back, Michael Trigg um, at tight end. Um, you know, they go to the portal to add a key piece on the offensive line on both sides of the ball, really. Uh, transfer portal. You, 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 we'll get into this with the all SEC teams coming up in a little bit, but it's just undeniable at this point how big of a factor it's playing on college football season to season. Uh, it, it, listen, it's just made, it's made a lot of teams that we didn't think could compete probably 
able to be able to do so. So, uh, and, and, and you've got others, you mentioned Alabama, uh, Jamar Gibbs, as you can imagine, got a lot of, uh, discussion there. Uh, but Alabama is able to kind of pick and choose. They don't go crazy on it, but the ones they get are probably going to have huge dividends of season two. Yeah. You look at the first team, all sec selections for Alabama, for 2022, and three of those guys are transfer portal arrivals. Yes, absolutely. Gibbs, um, Rick. Eli Ricks, and Jermaine Burton at the wide receiver position. So that, that's just a prime example of that for you. What about Mike Leach and Mississippi State's appearance there at SEC Media Days? What did you take away from that, Brent? Uh, Leach, as usual, was um, – I still say Leach is the most entertaining of the coaches. Uh, I mean, he basically said, thank you, Commissioner. Do we have any questions? (laughs) Just opened it up for Q&A. No filibuster from Mike. No, 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 no. uh, But Bandy's Clark Lee took care of that. But, uh, (laughs) I I mean, he is – uh, I, I, he, I think he's still confident, uh, loves Will Rogers mm-hmm. and what, what he can do. Um, uh, now you said it well on the, on the last podcast, uh, they're not going to throw the ball down the field, but they're very confident what they don't can do. Don't tell Mike that though. <laughs> don't tell Mike that. Yeah. He'll tell yeah. you, oh, hell yeah. We're going <laughs> yeah. to light it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. they're not, but, but he'll, no. he doesn't like to be told that they're not. No, so, ab- no, absolutely Careful not. with that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but I think he and look he um, I think there was more said in the hall about Arnett and the job he's done as the coordinator. This is a guy that you've talked about a good bit. And, and look, as much as this mad scientist routine and all this other stuff, Trev, I still say Arnett's kept them in some games and, and and done and done a lot for that program that he probably doesn't get the credit for. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, in Leach's first two seasons at State, in terms of consistency week to week, I feel like State's defense has been able to hold up yes. against even the better competition. Now, Alabama has bombed Mississippi State each of the last two seasons, but even in part, that had to do with how State could not compete offensively. Correct. Now, Alabama's defense, because of having superior talent, and this is going to continue to be a issue i think for mike leach in the sec now you got to win in year one over lsu as the defending national champions got to win last year on the road at texas a&m so he still his team still seemed to mix in one of those maybe a year but on a consistent basis against superior talent and superior opposition the problem for that offense becomes we're going to drop seven and we're still going to get your quarterback with three or four man yeah, rush. Absolutely. And you're just not going to be able to score points. And that's been what's happened each of the last two years against Alabama, but there's no doubt. And a very experienced and productive quarterback and Will Rogers. Um, I love Emmanuel Forbes at the cornerback yes, position. Absolutely. I just think he's a guy who doesn't get enough credit for, for what he is at that position. And so, you know, we'll see. Again, it seems like Leach every year gets somebody. We'll see if and who that team is in 2022. What about Missouri with Eli Drinkwith? Your thoughts on the Missouri Tigers and where they're headed coming out of SEC Media Days? I, I think what's indicative of where they are uh, when you look at the uh, <laughs> the SEC first, second, and third team, uh, Trev, they've got a place kicker. Harrison Mevis is third-team kicker, and they've gone an offensive lineman, uh, and that basically is about it. Uh, and, and look, that's not that's not going to say that they aren't going to continue to to have some guys. Javon Foster is a guy that we're that, that we're talking about. They're they're going to badly miss Tyler Beatty. Uh, I know you and I have yeah. talked about before uh, it, it running back. That's a real problem for them. Uh, they and they don't know who the quarterback's going to be either. Um, I, I, look, I may be wrong, but I could I could see what uh, uh, six and six or five and seven with drink with in Missouri before it's over. Yeah, I like him. I think he's I a, a good coach, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but. 
you're right. You, you can't hide personnel deficiencies no. in this league. Uh, and even with where the East has moved to, I think with recent hires in that side of the, of the divisions and um, Beamer coming in now at South Carolina and uh, Heupel at Tennessee. And, you know, Florida is going to have better people than you do. Sure. On an annual basis, especially with Napier in there and emphasizing recruiting at a much higher level than did his predecessors. So it's a tough spot. And here's where it's tough for Missouri, too. Even from a transfer portal perspective, Brent, they're not going to be viewed as a prime destination, no. not even to no. the extent of Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Put it this way. If I'm a wide receiver, if I'm a skill position guy and I'm looking for a future home, and even though Drinkwith is an offensive guy, again, I think is is really, really good. You're going to go to Ole Miss or you're going to go to Missouri right now? Yeah, you're yeah. probably going to go to Ole Miss. Absolutely and that's before you, you get LSU involved, a program like that, to the extent that the Tigers were. They're in sort of this purgatory right now because they they're not sitting in an area. St. Louis, okay, that's fine. But you know, we see guys like Jamison Williams leave St. Louis for Ohio State, and then even after he decides to leave Ohio State, he goes to Alabama. He doesn't end up at, at, at Missouri. Now, they, they've had a little success on that front um, here in the last year or so, but not enough. No, and so when I look not. at this league right now without divisions, if I said 1 through 14, Vanderbilt's obviously your 14th mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. Is Missouri 13th? I mean, would be. you have – Missouri behind Auburn right now or Mississippi State going into the season anyway. I would probably have Missouri in the 13th spot Auburn's in the league. Got, look, look, even with the attrition Auburn's had, Trim Auburn has better players. They do. They do. I mean, that's just a reality. I, I agree with that totally. But I'm with you. I like drink with. Uh, he's loose. He, he has a lot of good barbs during the season, but I mean, that's not going to win you an East division championship. Yeah. It's a tough gig. That's it the is. point. It, it's, it's, not, doubt. it's not that the guy's uh, you know, deficient as a coach. That's a tough gig. It is. And maybe it was tougher than even Barry Odom made it look on occasion. Right. And, oh, yes. um, so we'll, we'll see. What about South Carolina? Uh, it looked like Shane Beamer had uh, maybe some chocolate-covered espresso beans before he made the trip. <laughs> yeah. Never a lack of yeah. energy or juice no. from the second-year coach. No, no, he was impressive. I mean, he he did a good job. Uh, obviously, a lot of Spencer Rattler questions, you can as you can imagine. Uh, Luke Doty is still there. He was starting quarterback. They don't have to depend on him this year. Uh, I mean, he's talented enough to where he can play multiple uh, positions. I think Marshawn Lloyd is one of the keys to their season, frankly. Uh, he feels better about their line of scrimmage uh, and, and where they're going. Now, look, there was some early talk about because uh, they have a September game with Georgia. Oh, if they could beat Georgia, well, where they would be at that point. Look, folks, it, that ain't happening. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, just, I'm not there yet. No, 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 no. I mean, he's right. But uh, I'll say this. Um, they are improving. He has brought a lot of excitement to them, and you can see that in recruiting. And, Trevor, we'd be remiss. Uh, prayers for Phil Petty's family yeah, who passed away that. at 43. Trev, and I know you remember this. Petty had an 8-4 and four season, a 9-3 and three season uh, during that time. He was perfect uh, for Lou Holtz. He was, was he? He was the epitome of a Lou Holtz quarterback pretty understated but seemed to deliver when he was asked to yeah yeah get it done i was at that alabama south carolina game 2001 yes it was year one of dennis francione mm -hmm. at alabama and alabama had that game won about six different times at least and south carolina still managed to come back and win that one that was one of those early kickoffs Yes, it at was. williams Bryce Stadium. It was a little warm that day, as I recall, Ooh. in Columbia, South Carolina. They tend to be that way at williams Bryce in oh, September. Uh, but when I look at Shane Beamer year two, I, I think what he needs to do is kind of a continuation of what he did in year one. Ooh. You know what Shane Beamer did last year? He won the games he either yes. should have won yes. or was kind of a toss-up mode to win. Mm -hmm. So starting with Georgia State and the opener 
on September 3rd. Take care of business there. Charlotte, take care of business there. Uh, South Carolina State, obviously you expect uh, the Gamecocks to be okay in that one. At Vanderbilt, uh, Missouri at home. So right there, if you do that, you're at five wins. Sure, Lord, they get, before you they, get to Florida, yeah. before yes. you get to A&M at home, right. before you get to Kentucky on the road, Arkansas on the road, um, that that's just more of the same, Shane, and you're going to be just fine. Yeah, and, and for our listeners, what Travis and I talk a lot about these 50-50 toss-up games, and that's exactly right. If you can win two or three or four of those games, you've got an entirely different season. So uh, that that that's where they really built momentum, didn't they, Trav? In, in November, giving them some hope in November they haven't had in a while. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of focus on Kentucky, Florida in week two. I get that, but South Carolina at Arkansas on September yeah, oh, the yeah. 10th. How about Absolutely. that game for both those teams and what they're trying to get done during the upcoming season? What about Josh Heupel in the Tennessee Vols making that trip to Atlanta? Brent, give us a takeaway or two from UT's visit. Uh, maybe the most unusual thing that's happened in a long time when he was speaking there was a thunderstorm. It, Trev, it, Trev, it was raining so hard you could barely hear him yeah. uh, on that on that. Roof. I know when Saban took the the stage on uh, Tuesday morning, he pretty much got some claps of thunder overhead. Apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. It it, it was it it's it's rare uh, when that happens. There's from the locals we understand, but. Uh, there was a lot of rain during that morning. Uh, Hennon Hooker was impressive at quarterback. Uh, smart guy. Uh, he's re- written some children's books uh, at, with his brother, uh, Austin. Uh, so I think that was impressive. Uh, but look, but they are that, that this team's got some talent. I mean, Cedric Tillman at wide receiver, Darnell Wright, who you've talked about a little bit. You've also talked about Jeremy Banks at linebacker. Yep. Uh, Trey Flowers, even the punter, has been impressive. Mm-hmm. And also Byron Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, again, uh, Trav, the, the bottom line is uh, you and I have seen them in person against Alabama. We know what they can do uh, offensively. But, and and Hypo basically said the same thing. Our season will be defined what we do on the other side of the ball defensively. Yeah, and going to be an interesting week, too. We talk about September 10th a lot here on the podcast. Well, Tennessee goes to Pitt in that yes. return matchup. And Slovis, uh, right? Yeah, no Kenny Pickett, but right. Keaton Slovis, the USC transfer, I guess, anticipated as the next starter at quarterback for Pitt, so you could have transfer quarterbacks for both teams with Hendon Hooker previously of Virginia Tech, Keaton Slovis of USC. Pitt, by the way, opens against West Virginia. They're they sure re-implementing do. the oh, backyard yeah. brawl on a Thursday night, September the 1st, so that'll be a hell of a one-two punch for uh, Pat Narduzzi's team to open the 2022 season there with West Virginia and Tennessee uh, Appalachia matchups, I guess you could say, uh, for Pitt to open the season coming up here in just a couple of months' time. What about Texas A&M? Boy, Jimbo, Jimbo, <laughs> you would have thought he and Nick had just passed yeah, everything absolutely. up, played four or five rounds of golf. Um, right. I don't understand what the big deal is, you know, is seemed to be Jimbo's response right. to the Saban situation, although it was interesting to hear Jimbo talk about how the situation unfortunately went public when it was Jimbo that called the hastily yes. formed news conference immediately after Saban's initial comments were brought to light. Yeah, it, it, you, you would have thought they vacationed together uh, over the summer, too, but uh, said, we're, we're great. We're two competitive guys. I've got great respect for him and the program, as always. So uh, the, there was a lot of talk. Uh, about that, we mentioned Zach Calzada a few minutes ago, who's at Auburn. He said, I really hated to lose Zach. He is a tremendous uh, competitor uh, at that point, too. To talk to talk a decent amount with um, uh, Steve Adazio and DJ Durkin, and we mentioned them a little bit. My understanding from some of the media, Trav, is that 
Steve Adazio talks to your Spanish fast. <laughs> it's Jimbo does. Dazzling Steve yeah. Adazio. Former yeah. Urban Meyer. Absolutely. Confidant and assistant oh, yes. there at Florida with Urban. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. So Jimbo, um, I, I mean, he likes the schedule. Not, not a lot of Miami talk. I figured there would be uh, a little bit more with that. Likes his tight end room. Uh, he, he did. He did mention that. But and uh, and we thought he would refuse to talk about the Anaya Smith situation. Anaya Smith, boy, I tell you what, Trav, uh, if you timings everything in life, what yeah. you don't, what you don't want to the do the day is, before the your day. appearance at SEC Media Days. <laughs> oh my! So, but but again, you've got and again probably all this will be dropped at some point or or busted down to misdemeanors but when you're driving while intoxicated and there's a weapon involved yeah uh trev i'm i'm guessing that discussion between anias and jimbo was not very pleasant uh no uh that that's not appreciated that's a tough one to travel with if you're jimbo fisher on top of everything else you know you're going to be asked about but uh in a serious note here's to that situation um you know being dealt with in a, a very appropriate manner where Anaya Smith, great player. I mean, we talked about Anaya no, no Smith doubt. many, many times, very important player to Texas A&M because of the way they're able to utilize him in multiple ways on offense and uh, dynamic playmaker can also help you in the return game. Uh, that's a, that's one to watch for sure. And Anaya Smith and how that situation plays out. Moving forward, what about Clark Lee? You mentioned that he was a little long-winded, maybe, oh, with those opening comments. But anything else to take from the Vanderbilt contingent? I guess the quarterback situation, it looks like there's some clarity yeah. there, more so than maybe we anticipated from a, a competition standpoint in fall camp. I think the reality for uh, Vandy is, and again, I appreciate Clark's confidence and enthusiasm, uh, but saying that they're, they will soon be one of the better teams in the country, uh, it, needless to say, no one bought that. Uh, also, a little bit of, uh, <laughs> they actually got a vote for it to win the SEC. That's like uh, the Steve Spurrier Duke vote. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. When he used to, coaches poll, Steve used to always vote give Duke a vote in the, in the coaches yes. poll. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. I remember that well. And, and obviously that, that vote must've come after the, uh, uh, there's a, there's a bar named stance that everyone went to, everyone went, went to on Wednesday night. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing someone cast their vote maybe after they got back there <laughs> or something of that nature. But, but again, uh, but, but I'll say this, they have got a September schedule, Trav, they really need to take advantage of. I mean, they go to Hawaii, and, and, and at this point, they they probably have got more talent than Hawaii. And, and they, oh, they do. Point, in this non-conference situation, I think in September, they need to take advantage of to gain a little bit of confidence. Uh, I'm not going to say that they're going to win a lot of games in the, in the league, which they're not, but September could be really friendly for them. You know, it, it sounds like I'm joking, but if I'm Clark Lee and understanding the importance, how precious every win on the schedule is for that yes. program right now, no doubt. and I'm opening at Hawaii, I would make I would get out there a week early. Yeah, I'd go ahead and point. because it is such a haul. I mean, just from Nashville to Honolulu charter nonstop, you're still looking at ten hours, nine sure. to ten hours to get over there. And so, as much as I need that game, I, I I'll be interested to see when Bandy heads. Over. I, I seriously, I would head over the Monday. Oh yeah, absolutely. Before the what what else you got going on? Yeah, you know, I mean, right. just go ahead and get out there because you want absolutely any type of factor that could impact your chances of winning um, to be negated, or, or the negatives potentially to be negated, uh, if that possible. So. No, this is a Hawaii team. This isn't a June Jones Hawaii right. team. Um, this isn't uh, one of those. This is a Hawaii team reeling uh, following the, the the Todd Graham error, and to the surprise of really no one who's watched Todd Graham work his magic in the yeah. past. This is a program that is very much trying to find itself once again under first year coach Timmy Chang. So. 
that's that's as winnable as a road game. It, it is for for Vanderbilt as long as they have their legs uh, under them adequately. Uh, that's a game they should win. Uh, interesting too with Hawaii no longer at Aloha Stadium. That that, that stadium that is interesting. Condemned uh, and it reached oh. the point of disrepair oh. that. Uh, the local authorities out there condemned the stadium. Now they're, they they just recently passed a bill for, I think it's four hundred million to go towards a new stadium or a significantly renovated Aloha Stadium. So that's coming down the pike. But Hawaii has had to transition its track and field stadium into its on-campus football stadium. So it's a very small venue. Well, um, and, and so that's something to keep in mind too with that Vanderbilt trip out to Honolulu. So Brent, as we transition away from the teams in general, wanted to get a primary thought or two from you on the all SEC teams that were released on Friday, as expected, a strong, strong showing from the Alabama Crimson side. You got a lot of Georgia players in there too, as well. The, the primary suspects, I think you would say, uh, where these teams are concerned. I was particularly interested in the second and third team quarterback play yes. out there because you knew Bryce Young mm-hmm. was going to be the first team preseason All-SEC quarterback from Alabama, but it was Hendon Hooker over Will yeah. Levis. And as we said earlier, no Stetson Bennett on the first three teams at the quarterback position. Yeah, uh, although they will, they will use that uh, for their – motivation and, and again we mentioned chris rodriguez he's second team uh with, uh, with kentucky and, and i'll tell you one thing and i talked to some a&m beat writers about this people think that a chain is going to have an off the chart year too travis oh yeah uh that i mean that is listen uh when 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 both when when anias me smith and devon a chain are healthy uh that is a deadly combination uh, no doubt about that. Um, and they've added to their playmaking ar- arsenal. Uh, Going to be interested at the tight end position for Texas A&M with Weidermeyer moving on. We talked yes. about that. And Baylor Cup transferring out. And mm-hmm. uh, it could be Max Johnson's younger brother, Jake, I guess. Could be as the nation's top tight end prospect for the 2022 recruiting cycle going in there. Uh, a couple of tight ends that A&M signed here recently have a chance to make really strong early impacts. I go back to the transfer portal again and the impact it continues to have uh, even in the SEC and and, and looking at Alabama's first-teamers uh, on the all-SEC team, uh, to see three of those guys, uh, you know, it, it kind of tells you where we're at with college football it in does. 2022. So what about predicted order of finish, Brent, where the divisions are concerned? What were your thoughts on how that might look and then maybe in retrospect how they played out on paper? I, I think this basically played out like we've seen in a lot of the preseason magazine so far. Um, I, I mean, we knew Alabama and Georgia would be predicted to win the, the, the divisions. Trev, my thing is, is after that, it's a crapshoot. Um, I, I know a lot's been said about the East, but man, live the West between A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and LSU, I think that could end up, uh, you almost put them in a hat and draw them out. Uh, Arkansas' schedule probably is going to be really tough for them to overcome. And I know I've said this ad nauseum, but uh, you've got to keep your eye on this this LSU team. If they really find a Mm -hmm. quarterback, and that line of scrimmage is what what we think it could, Trav, would it shock you if LSU ended up second and and A&M ended up like fourth? No, not at all. It wouldn't surprise me because, um, and and even if you're an Auburn fan and you see the Tigers there pick seventh, mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't that shouldn't upset you that no. much because again, two through seven in the West, I, I don't think there's room for much surprise. Certainly, no. three through seven in the West, uh, how that could play out in those sort of round robin situations between those programs. So. Yeah, very interesting in the West, as you might expect. And, you know, I think there were a couple of big winners from a coaching perspective and how these media polls played out. Brian Kelly, I said it earlier, with LSU pick fifth, that's perfect if you're him going into year one, especially knowing the roster that they have still in Baton Rouge and, you know, the problems that they can cause 
in that division as well. And then I th- I think Kirby Smart still a big winner, even though Georgia was picked to to win the East. I mean that was gonna happen regardless. But so much of the narrative, as we talked about on the last edition of Second Helping, Alabama, 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 best two players in college football on the same team, Alabama, preseason number one, Alabama picked once again to win the SEC. You're coming off a national championship season, and no one's really talking about your team No, if you're Kirby Smart. So you got to love the position of Kirby Smart right now going into this season. Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, and again, uh, where that plays out is, and we, we're seeing this in the magazine so far, is they are predicted uh, in the top five. They're frankly predicting the top three. So Georgia's not going anywhere. Uh, one thing that, that did catch my eye uh, to, to dovetail what you said about transfers, uh, I'm sure you caught this third-team running back, Zach Evans of Ole Miss, yeah, coming in, coming in, and, and, and Trump. How about? I wonder if he may say anything about this. How about Kenny McIntosh at running back at Georgia? Now, Good look, player. I, I, I know this is third team, but this tells you the the depth that Georgia's had at running back. That could this be the year that McIntosh really gets his shot? It could. I love his all around game. I think yes. you can throw it to Kenny McIntosh. He's big enough and physical enough for what Georgia likes to do between the tackles and the run game, big Kenny McIntosh fan have been for a while. Uh, And so, yeah, and and it's Georgia. So if you're looking at these all sec teams, whoever projects is the starter at Georgia at that position, I'm probably going to have on one of my first three teams (laughs) because there's a good chance he's going to be a thousand yard type. At least. Well, Brent, I think we've hit on, I know we've hit on every team in the SEC from SEC Media Days and talked some preseason all-SEC teams and predicted order of finish. I, I got to think we, we're about done here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Uh, and, uh, and I'll end with this. Um, look, we, uh, we mentioned this before, realizing how close we are. Several of the coaches said, look, our staff – is back full-time Monday. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then the following – help me on this. I, I believe he. I believe they said the following Monday the players are all in. So, I, I mean, that is uh, how close we are getting, or certainly within two weeks of that, how close we're getting to fall camp is right around the corner. Oh, yeah, we're there. We're there, kids. Just relax. <laughs> We're going to crank up some practices. The next thing you know, oh yes, Vanderbilt is going to be on a charter to Honolulu, and we're going to be breaking down Hawaii, Vandy, like only second helping can do it. <laughs> All right, Brent, as always, appreciate the time. Fun show. Always look forward to connecting with you here on second helping, and uh, we'll be doing it again real soon. Good. We look forward to that. Have a great weekend, pal. Take care. Also, if you haven't subscribed to Second Helping as of yet, we certainly hope you'll consider doing so. Simple as a couple of clicks. If you leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. For Brent Beard, college football analyst for First Coast News and also a voter in the race for the Heisman Trophy, Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great weekend. And until next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>